Hi, this is Caroline, and you're listening to Get a Clue, Stories of Business. That's my podcast about change management, restructuring, and transformation. I went to Paris last weekend. When I go to Paris, I'm very busy. I meet my friends. I buy French soap and food and shirts. I go to the hairdressers. I could easily just move to Paris work there it wouldn't feel like i would have to adapt my life a lot i wouldn't back in november when i created my change manual for transformation executives change managers everybody that has to deal with change i already talked about napoleon bonaparte when i reflected on leadership styles and who you want to be in terms of corporate management, culture and attitude. And of course, funnily enough, I mean, you're in Paris. Of course, I saw a poster featuring Napoleon Bonaparte in one of the metro stations. I mean, he's just an emblem of, you know, French history. Of course, there will be some sort of reference to him. Napoleon would have wanted you to remember that he hailed from Corsica, a small island off the French coast. That was very important to him. And even these days, people from, Napole uh, from Corsica, they insist on the fact that they're from there. He is the former emperor of France. He was born in 1769. He died in 1821. He fought over 80 battles, lost 11. His critics say that over 6 million Europeans died as part of all of these wars that the economic basis for Europeans was negatively affected due to the wars. I can totally see all of that. It sounds very credible to me. Some people refer to him as an enlightened despot. And I do find that characterization very helpful because despite all the negative attributes of his reign, he also got a couple of things right. For instance, he introduced the Code Civil, that's civil law in France. He also made access to primary schools much more easy for the masses in France. Keep in mind that even nowadays, 260 million school-aged children do not have access to education. So I find everybody that, or I commend everybody that helps children get an education because there is this element of meritocracy, right? You get an education, you have more chances in life to move up the social ladder. All of this leads to the topic that I want to discuss with you today, which is legacy and Maybe due to the fact that I'm now 46 years old, I have an aging mom. My dad died a long time ago in 2007. 
I do think about legacy. What's the kind of legacy you want to leave when you die? How do you want to be remembered? Some people say that if you really want to plan your life well, then consider what people will say about you at your funeral. And even though that sounds morbid, I find that tremendously helpful. So legacy thinking helps you filter your actions and also decide in a more proactive and conscious manner of how you want to invest your time. A legacy can be financial in nature, but a legacy can also consist of a project you supported, um, a foundation you created, or a collection of paintings that you bought and then hand over to an art gallery or museum of your choice. In business and politics alike, I sometimes fear that short time horizons diminish people's ability to think about and actually create a legacy. Think about short election cycles, consider shareholder value and the pressure to generate returns. So run a profitable business and you are confronted with an adage of external factors that make it very difficult to consider your legacy. However, I urge you to take the time, maybe especially now because it's still the beginning of the year, to come up with your legacy. Maybe it's a legacy for six months, for your next project, for the transformation, for whatever you're working on. Maybe it's a legacy for the next five years. We don't know. Legacy thinking, as I mentioned before, helps you filter and prioritize. And in a corporate or an organizational setting, that can be conducive to saying no more often and being a bit more vocal about an implementation timeline or working with a certain set of IT consultants and not others. We also know that sometimes we inherit legacy issues from our predecessors. When I worked for a big German bank, uh, I know that we had trouble with IT legacy platforms and it took a lot of work and energy to clean that up, clean that up and consolidate these legacy IT platforms. So sometimes we also inherit legacies from the past that are just not up to par anymore. Legacy thinking is something that's apparently a bit more prominent in family businesses because family businesses don't have that shareholder value pressure. It is more about creating value for the next generation, preserving the business, maintaining stability. And that can be very helpful. Also, it can hamper innovation and it can lead to a very static organization. So with legacy thinking and creation, there's a very fine line to walk on. I had the pleasure of working for a Swiss bank a couple of years ago. And um, 
I worked as a director in PMO in project management office and was lucky enough to work with a team that helped the then CEO of that Swiss bank, Ralph Hamas, to co-create the purpose of the bank. Now that's a legacy. It was a fun project. It was a bottom-up transformation. It was a lot of employee co-creation. And I know that that was probably one of his legacy projects. I feel a bit like this podcast episode is a bit about, you know, career advice and change management at the same time. And since legacy thinking applies to both the organizational level and the individual one, so be it. I personally find legacy thinking very effective. It first came up last February when I had coffee with a couple of friends in Hong Kong and we reflected on this and wondered what is our legacy? What do we want to be remembered by? You know, there's a very interesting book by a hospice nurse, um, Bonnie something. Uh, the book title is uh, The Five Top Regrets of the Dying. And I read this book seven years ago, eight years ago, and I found it very helpful to, to understand what goes through people's minds a couple of days or hours before they depart this world. And a lot of them said, follow your own vision and plan. Don't try to make other people happy. Follow your North Star. And maybe that's also a consideration when you Take some time apart and reflect on your legacy, corporate legacy, organizational legacy, whatever type of legacy it is. And these are my thoughts about legacies and legacy thinking. Thanks to Napoleon Bonaparte and a short trip to Paris, I was reminded of this crucial topic that we often don't dedicate enough time to. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have input for me feedback please share it with me maybe you have worked with tools that enhance legacy thinking i'm very curious about that so please share that with me and thanks so much for listening